Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 174. Yes, it is. It is. We're absolutely rearing to go. I won't go that far. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, that's knocking down a peg or two, I think. <laughs> well, we've had a warm-up round. Yes, and that was a disaster. <laughs> Let's be honest so with our listeners. Couldn't get much worse. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No, it was. Yeah, it really was. was. It was. Yeah. We'll level with you people. You know, when you do a podcast for this long, sometimes you start recording and you go... No, that was no good. Come on, come on. We can do better. Let's do it again. Get in the zone. Get in the zone. Zone. And we're feeling it now. But the first time round, often I go, no, 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 there was some gold in there. And even that time I was like, oh, fuck, no, no, no. That was dreadful. People do not want to hear this. They have lives and they have hard jobs. They don't need to listen to that rubbish. But now you've got the gold, people. Absolutely. We're there. We're on it. Yep. How are you, Nick? Oh, I'm all right. You're all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm not looking forward to an early start tomorrow. Oh, you do have to go to the oh, Midlands. I've got to go to Birmingham, which is a long way away. <laughs> and I don't want to go to Birmingham because it's a long way away. <laughs> Why do you have to go to Birmingham? Oh, a very exciting conference. I'm the sort of person who goes to conferences and I hate oh. myself for it. No, but conferences could be so exciting. No, but you don't really get an overnight. Can't. But yeah, exactly. I've got to go there and back in a day. Yeah, that's not fun. picked up at half past five in the morning. Half five? Why? To get to Birmingham. Fair enough. So, yeah, it's a long day full of boring people. (laughs) I hope none of them listen to this podcast. I find it very unlikely. Someone's driving up there so excited to meet you, and then they hear your voice, and they're just cut, cut deep. Yeah. It's one of those conferences where a large portion of it is given over to the thing I hate most in this world. Is it networking? It's networking. Oh, God, no, Nick. You're so bad at networking. I absolutely hate it. It's, it's, it's most, the most pointless activity in ever created. It's, it's horrendous. And, and when you hate people at the best of times, <laughs> it's even more difficult. Pray for Nick this week, people. Send thoughts and prayers. Could you light some candles outside your house? And just in the arms of the angels. Um, yeah, so it's not looking good so far. It's not looking good. I, I pity the people who have to network with you. <laughs> The people who rock up big smiles and their business cards right out there. Yeah, I can fuck off. You know what's good, though? What? It's spooky season. It is. Woo-hoo! Can I network in a spooky way? I strongly I urge you to do that. fancy dress? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. What would you go as? I don't know. Go as a vampire or a uh, the, werewolf. 
we're fully furry. Fully, we're fully furry. <laughs> was a sexy vampire. <laughs> sexy vampire. Just there with a big old cape, like a Dracula's cape. And nothing on the other side. When anyone gives you a business card, you give them a tiny pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> they won't forget you. No, this is true. Tiny pumpkins have got my business details embroidered. <laughs> embroidered. embroidered. Onto them. <laughs> oh, wow. I was just going to go with just a big fat magic marker where you've just yeah, written that, Nick. The, I think that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> I have standards. In my... <laughs> you have standards. You hate these people. <laughs> yeah, but no, if, if I'm going to hate them, I'm going to hate them properly. Oh, you're going to do it with style <laughs> to say, by the way, you can never match this. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas exactly. I'm just like, just clinging on. Okay, please like me. The, there's not even my details on the tiny pumpkins. No, it's just, just a picture of pumpkins of people. It's just a picture of my face <laughs> that I've drawn yeah. badly. Well, yeah. any poisonings this week? Very possibly tomorrow, depending on how the networking goes. Good. This sounds like a fun networking. Yeah. It could be me, to be honest. Watch out for it on the news, people. <laughs> you poison yourself with too much caffeine to get you through, caffeine, and yeah. then you get the shakes. <laughs> well, I'm going to take, oh, take a hip floss to a work conference. I think it'd be more fun if you just have a tiny, tiny bit of booze. Yeah. Yeah, just get that alive and things get a up. Lunchtime Negroni, I wonder. I think you can. You can make one and bring one. <laughs> what's what's going to stop people? This is true. Okay. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't think I poison it. I may have poisoned myself with the very strong antihistamine I took just before this podcast so I don't <laughs> sneeze all the way through it. So it's either sneezing or me getting high. And I think we all know what we want there. Yeah. Do we? Do we really? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it fun, Nick. Don't you oh, worry. Oh, good. Yay. Well, speaking of getting high on podcasts and uh, throwing tiny pumpkins at people to make an impression, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, we probably should say thank you very much to Philip Norris. To Vicky Zimmer. To Susan L. And to Laura McPherson. Thank you, you very sexy, sexy, sexy Patreon subscribers. You're lovely, you're lovely. We had fun on Patreon this week. Oh, we did? Did a bang up to date, almost. Poisoning case. Bang up to date, almost from 50 years ago. Um, I don't say that the 70s were 50 years ago. when you think of it like that. Don't say that, don't say that. only five years ago. But now they were 50 years ago. 50 years ago. So bang up to date. Absolutely, because you're still in your teens. I may not look it, but I feel it in my heart. It's how old you feel. No, I can't even get to that sentence. Lies. That's an awful, awful <laughs> thing that awful people say. But anyway, if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, we do have a wonderful Patreon channel if you feel like supporting the Poisonous Cabinet even further. We do extra weekly episodes. We have extra bonus content. We just put out our latest episode of the Case Files of PC Morris for oh, our did. cyanide connoisseurs, which was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. Mm, uh, proving, as we always do. Indeed. I Proving I can't... Well, I can do maths, but not where houses of cards are figure. <laughs> yes, that was not your finest moment. It no, it wasn't said. my finest moment of trying to work out what the biggest house of cards could be. Well, yes, it was not impressive. It, uh, it, you it know what? actually quite sad. <laughs> I challenge people to rise to the occasion. But yes, if you would like to support us further, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash the poisonous cabinet. Well, Nick, are you ready? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Let's do it! Don't worry, we can drink poison and talk about cocktails! Let's do that too! Let's do that too! Okay, I think we should go with the first one. Okay. Okay, everyone take a breath. <sighs> hooray, hooray, hooray. It is Nick's story this week, and we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. So, Nick, your story, mm. your pick of the ingredient. Yes. And it is... It's a bank. A bank. A bank. A, ba- a British bank is run with precision. precision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a bank. Yeah. Not not often an ingredient you'll find. No, this is true. But I like it. Yeah, I'm glad. 
So I'm thinking it's all about pirates. It's very much so. Like last week, yes, was disappointing because <laughs> the grog had no pirates in it whatsoever. <laughs> this bank run entirely by pirates. Entirely by pirates. Oh, okay. Oh, do you remember that? You reminded me of something now. Okay. There's a beginning of, I think it might be the beginning of Meaning of Life. There's a little Monty Python short sketch. Yes, yes. Where there's a load of, are they either insurance or, or bankers? They're the insurance ones. <laughs> yes, they're just sitting in an office and they become pirates. Firing filing cabinets. Yes, they outside do. Outside of, uh, yeah, no, I like that. Like People are not wearing enough hats. Yes. Is this true? <laughs> Does it remind me of that? Oh, we'll just watch that, that later. So mm. the bank, yes. a bank as your inspiration, mm. ingredient. Yes. What are you having a moment with? We are having. Okay. We're having a paycheck. A paycheck? Yes. I'll allow it. I'm I'm, I'm most kind. I have no choice in the this matter. Is, this is true. This is true. <laughs> paycheck, you pay into the bank. You do. All right. It's a sidestep, isn't it? All right. <laughs> I would have preferred bank to figure in the name, but I'm a forgiving woman. <laughs> so you know, you almost had a safe word. No, I would have shot you for that. That's, that's, why, that's what I thought. I thought safe... I thought, oh, yeah, no. that's a bit like so. If you have to explain it, then no. <laughs> so that, that's why I didn't choose that. Good. And I thought I'll go for a paycheck. <laughs> you don't get points for the stuff you didn't do. <laughs> you do <laughs> a paycheck. Okay. Well, you do go into the bank for that. Yes, exactly. We'll accept. Where do you this. put your money that you get paid in the bank? In the mattress, obviously. <laughs> where do you? Put? I mean, no, I put it in a <laughs> in a in a guard dog. That's where I put my money robbers who are listening well i think it is high time for us to sidle into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit and we're back yellow so nick yes the paycheck paycheck it's yellow yes it is this is very very yellow and very i'm yellow. afraid as am i Oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh. See, I think when I see something this yellow, I think the dreaded chartreuse is in it. Mm. But if it is, you're usually going, ha, 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 doing a little happy dance. But now you look fearful. I am slightly fearful. Oh, wow. Okay, well... It, intrigued and fearful at the same It's time. a very clear yellow. It is. But, well, I'm afraid. No, 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 I don't want to. I don't know. All right, well, well, let's, well let's, let's, let's smell it. Let's, let's see if there's an aroma for me with my blocked nose. Okay, that smells of things. It smells of things. Excellent. We got we were getting things. What the? F- what and does that some, smell of? There's, That's, there's some stuff. There's some strong stuff in there. Is there absinthe so in there? Got stuff and things. There is some absinthe. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> is it going to be an absinthe episode, people? You know what? Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. Yes. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Votre santé. Bloody hell. Whoa, okay. There are many things happening there. Many things happening in there. I don't know if I like any of them, but I don't know if I dislike them. Mm. That's weird. Wow, all right. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Delayed reaction there. It's almost got a buttery aftertaste. Do you get that? This is me. I would say buttery. There's a lot of herbally twiggy stuff going on. And then it sort of fades away. I'm not sure I like that. In fact, I'm going to go out and say I don't like that. I don't know whether it's my blocked nose or not. (laughs) I don't love it. No, it's not. I'm not trying to find reasons to to like this. Sorry. It has a really delayed reaction. (laughs) It's got a lot of herbal stuff in there. It does have a buttery taste to it at points. I'm not going mad. But also, 
None of it seems to really work. My 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 tongue is burning now. Why? <laughs> what am I drinking? And you are drinking. Did you just give me drain cleaner? Yeah, yours is a bleach. <laughs> and it's buttery, buttery aftertaste. There you are. Um, so give me some give me some guesses. Yeah, oh, okay, you've got, oh, you've got you got thoughts. Is there is there <laughs> the yellow shell trees no. in this? Oh thank God. Oh thank the good line. But there's something twiggy. Yeah. All right. So let's. I'll go through the twigginess. Benedictine. Nope. What else is Twiggy? As some sort of Amaro nope. or another vermouth or something? There or is a, a there is a vermouth in there. Oh, a dry vermouth. There is a dry vermouth in there. I oh, okay. I don't think that's causing the twigginess you're getting. No, I don't know. It's an unfamiliar twigginess. You've had it it's, before. It's not overpowering though. I don't know. Soothe. Oh, bloody bloody bastard, buddy, Sue's got some Sue's. Always throwing it in there, and I never guess it. I never guess <laughs> and that's what that's where your yellow. That's where the yellow is. So the from as was well. that the, the gen- gentian gentian gentian. Yeah, okay, so that's, so that's, that's, that's the yellow. Bitter twang at the back. How much else is in there? We got a, a spritz of absinthe. Yeah, just like just a, a rinse. Just, just a rinse of absinthe. So no, yeah. So there's a rinse rinse of absinthe in there. Okay. So you've you've got two other things, three other things, triple sec. Yes. Nah, it's not just because you asked me <laughs> earlier this week, Joey, do you have triple sec? <laughs> no, I can get it. There's it's a bit of an orangey twang Florally, florally orange. The others, honestly, I don't. I, butter. Have you put butter in there's, this? There's actual butter in there. It's got a fat wash. No, some gin. Oh, it's gin. There's gin. I mean, the base, the main spirit in there is gin. We have got Sue's, Dry Vermouth, <sighs> Cointreau, and some honey syrup. Oh, honey syrup. Which sort of lightens the whole thing. I does mean, it? It does mean that one of those things, the more I'm drinking it, actually, my palate is becoming acclimatized and it's actually, I'm now starting to enjoy it more than I did before. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you just, it takes a while for your palate to get used to it because it is such a alien. If anyone's hearing weird noises, more. it's also my washing machine's <laughs> coming, by the way. It's actually, it's actually growing on me. It's like a, it's like a weird first date, isn't it? With yeah. someone who's a good talker but not a looker, and you go, I mean, maybe they'll grow on me. It's got all the ingredients of a white Negroni in there. Well, yeah. Gin, Sue's, and dry vermouth, just with an added orange twang. It's not undrinkable. It's not undrinkable. I probably will finish this one. Am I going to rush out and make another one? No. no. It's a sort of thing that you'd be served at a wannabe fancy cocktail bar, <laughs> and you'll get it, and you'll go. I need to drink this because it costs cost twelve pounds. pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, and you'd be going, oh, the flavors, the flavors, the flavors. So many flavors. The flavors. I'm not blown away by that, yeah. but it's not awful. It's not awful, but it, but yeah, I, I kind of want people to mix it up because buttery twang. I don't know where you're getting this buttery twang from. I really don't. Refined palate, mate. Refined palate. Also, I really like butter. Are all your glassware just lined with butter? Yeah, because I like to drink a nice glass of butter every morning, and I'd like not to be judged for it. Um, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> Concern, but no judgment. Whatever it is, it's made my nose run, so that's good. It's clearing up my sinuses. Does it have much of an aftertaste for you? Only you get the I get the bitterness at the back from the from the Sue's, mm. but once that's faded, then it sort of goes yeah. falls off a cliff. Yeah, just yeah. Then I'm, yeah, then I'm losing it. It's fine. It's fine. But will I have another one? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame, really. I yeah. hate it when we get kind of meh Yeah, cocktails. no, I, want, I love it or I hate it. This is just like meh. This is just kind of, it's fine. You, you could drink it, which yeah. is not what you really want in a cocktail. Not really. Okay, well, well. I mean, sorry, people. There you go. There you go. The, the paycheck. Disappointing. Disappointing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Promises so much. Yeah. Leaves a bitter aftertaste. <laughs> 
Never what you thought it would be. Sounds about right. Robbed of its bonniness by the tax man, which I think we've had a tax man before and it was a much better cocktail. <laughs> with the paycheck in hand, we're okay with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do, make do, we'll make do. We don't have much of a choice. This is also true. Is it time for a story? Ooh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. This week we're going back to the Wild West. Yay! We're going back to the Wild West with a tale of one of the most famous outlaws that there is. Okay. In fact, not actually, just not one outlaw, but two, two outlaws. Two famous outlaws. Two famous, but certainly one is more famous than the other. Certainly, the name of Jesse James <gasps> has gone down in history as legend. <gasps> really, um, likely due to the nature of his very dramatic death. Yes. Um, but his brother Frank was there from the beginning. Side by side with Jesse throughout their bandit years. Mm. So this is the story of the James brothers. Yay. Frank and Jesse. Oh, good. We love a tale from the old west. Mm -hmm. We do love those great big plains. Indeed, indeed. Now the boy's parents, Robert and Zarelda. Sorry? James Zarelda. Zarelda? Zarelda James. That's a fantastic name. Fantastic name. Mm. They're originally from Kentucky. The two met at a revival meeting and after they married... And after Robert had finished his education at Georgetown College, the young couple moved to Missouri. They moved to the Centerville area of Clay County. Okay. Lovely, lovely place. Very, very undeveloped. Acres of land everywhere. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> so with the help of the very few neighbours they are, there are... They go, what's going on? Robert and Zelda sort of lay claim to a bit of land and build a log cabin just in the middle of the wilderness. Right, it's ours now. Fair <laughs> so enough. This, this, is, this is our bit of land. And they begin to establish a farm for themselves. Not long after, though, Robert becomes the pastor of a small Baptist church in the area, preaching Ooh. to the, from miles and miles around. People will come to hear him sermonise. He was a well-liked and respected man in the community. Robert's reverending all around the place left <laughs> Z, as she was known, Zeraldo, she was known commonly as Z, left her to manage the farm. Okay. And she is more than up to the task, really. She's over six foot tall. What? She's Yeah, she's, she's over six Ooh. foot tall. And she is a hard-working, strong-willed, tough woman she has no issue ma- managing the farm managing the the workers she keeps everything under her thumb she is she is in charge is it just that she was tall she, maybe she was a delicate lovely sort of woman i'm sure she was entirely lovely but she was tall and there are some pictures of her and she is quite <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> she was probably i just want to sew and skip through the fields no you're a tall woman <laughs> we tall, fear you you're a tall exactly yes you're scary and you're scary <laughs> scary she's like god damn it all other women at this point is like four foot <laughs> at this point <laughs> in history everyone's tiny apart from this giant as an elder it's not the 1600s Nick. stomping across the field <laughs> with a pitchfork yeah. i have notes <laughs> so she's having a grand old time lovely <laughs> their first son alexander franklin so frank james he uh-huh. is born at the on the family farm on the 10th of january 1843 uh-huh. uh, three more children quickly follow you have robert james jr he is born at the farm in 1845 he only lives for a month. He dies 33 days after he's oh. he, he's born, unfortunately. Jesse Woodson James comes along in 1847. Woodson? Uh, yep, middle name Woodson. Jesse Woodson James. Okay. And then finally, they have a daughter, Susan Lavinia James, no. who is born in 1849. Good for her. Now, in 1850, not long after the, the birth of their daughter, Reverend James, he is asked to serve as chaplain on a wagon train that's going to California. A lot of the local men struggling with farming. 
then gold and gold. then the hills over there. <laughs> um, so they they are off to make their fortune in the California gold rush, and they want the man of God to accompany them to, nice. to preach on the way and to keep them safe and all such things. So on the twelfth of April, he leaves the farm in Z's care and he heads west to preach to the crowds of gold miners that are gathering in California. The minister, he never makes it back to Missouri, oh. unfortunately. Oh, from, from death-related things? From death-related things. So right. shortly after arriving in California, they arrive at the beginning of August, 1850. So it's taken them about three and a half months yeah. to get from Missouri to California. You ever played the Oregon Trail? <laughs> and on the way, the reverend has contracted fever from drinking contaminated water. <laughs> Which, the if he had played the Oregon Trail, he God would have known what not to do. <laughs> Literally, the Oregon Trail sort of brace yourself in the wagon going, do nothing, nothing, and nothing. maybe we'll survive this. Yeah, but they Got didn't. there and then was shot through the eye. Yeah. So, unfortunately, on the 18th of August, 1850, the minister dies oh. of cholera. Cholera! At, at Placerville Gold Camp in, camp in California. He is buried in an unmarked grave. In the camp, years later, mm. Jesse would visit Placerville to try and track down his father's grave to find his remains. But there is no one left from the original party who knows where he's buried or anything. And unfortunately, he goes away not knowing his father's final resting place. He's forced to give up the search. After the Reverend's death, Zerelda, she inherits the farm and she continues to own the farm and actually till her death many, many, many years later. But now she is a widow with three very young children. Frank, who's the oldest one, he's seven when his father dies. So, yep, yeah, she is left with a lot of responsibility. A height can only do so much. <laughs> exactly. Now, Zerelda marries a second time to a man named Benjamin Sims. Now, Sims is a neighbouring farmer, so he's no... Oh, he, he was getting family, in there, so wasn't he? Yeah. He's got in there. Been creeping over to the fence with a bunch of flowers as soon as yeah. the reverend went off, like, oh, Z, hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, you look like you can get things off a top shelf. This marriage proved to be a rather unhappy marriage. Oh. Sims, he has no interest in raising another man's children, really. He has no interest in the boys. He is a bit too fond of corporal punishment. What? Um, for for Zelda's why liking. Is he, why has he come onto the scene anyway? Has he got a goddess fetish or something like that? I think he's also, he's got a land fetish. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so she, they, they are now in, they own a decent Vast chunk of land. amount of land. Um, with, a, with a good going farm. Yeah. Um, and he's got the next door small holding that's probably like half the size. He's going, if I marry him there, then all that's mine too. It's, or he then sort of takes control of this much larger establishment. Makes sense. So that's why he's in there. But yeah, he is not fond of the kids at all. He's a bit too ready with his fists. Not on not on Zerelda, but on the kids, on the two boys. He is more than happy to dish out um, a beating if they do the slightest thing wrong. Now, Zerelda, she isn't having none of that. No one lays a hand on her kids whatsoever. Good for her. Um, yeah, absolutely. And this causes huge arguments between the two. And she actually starts procedures for a divorce. She starts... <sighs> trying to go for a divorce which is incredibly rare in this this day and age for, for a woman to try yeah. and get a divorce from a man is is practically unheard of but she knows oh, i'm not doing this i'm protecting my family she's Good she's going for it it turns out to be entirely unnecessary sims is killed in a horse accident on the 2nd of january 1854 what sort of horse accident well we don't know the reports oh. i read don't go into detail he perhaps he was thrown from a horse like a um, car accident but with horses yes head-on yeah. collision head-on collision with a horse <laughs> the horse at him, I don't know. <laughs> 
horses weren't happy with how the farm was being run. They rebelled. <laughs> they formed <Shot> a gang. <laughs> That's what you have to worry about with horses the day that they turn. Exactly. They're always plotting, always plotting. So so Sims is out of the picture now. A third marriage follows okay. to a Dr. Archie Reuben Samuel. Mm-hmm. This is 1855, so just a, just a year later. Now, the doctor, he is much more a sedate fellow. Yeah. He is ha- more than happy for his wife to, to run the farm, to, to deal with the, the family. He's got a medical practice that he's, he's running, mm-hmm. and he's making good money from that. Mm-hmm. So with his income from that, he's able to buy more land surrounding the farm and expand the family's holdings, along with money to purchase more slaves that they can that can run the farm and and man the farm okay as is the style of the time by this time the eldest son frank he's around 12 he is described as a bit of a bookworm really loves his father's library a lot of them are religious texts but reportedly he has a great fondness for shakespeare as well that his father has in the library and he wants to be a school teacher when he grows up, he wants to be a school teacher. The younger son, Jesse, on the other hand, is quite the opposite from yeah. his, his older brother. He is outgoing. He loves the outdoors. He's a bit of a cheeky, chappy, rascally young lad. <laughs> getting into all sort of hijinks and japes. Running. <laughs> oh, I love the way he's at. Hijinks and japes. <laughs> all, all the fun things. So Dr. Samuel teaches both boys how to ride a horse, how to shoot. All the things that they would need to be need to be a man in the in, in the West type <laughs> right. thing and, and to run a farm and all that sort of stuff. He's Running, there, jumping, he's, climbing he's trees. He's not afraid of teaching and being a father to these these young boys. Which is what they need. Which is they what they need, need. A absolutely. Male influence. Yeah, and both boys they work on their farm throughout the teenage years and they enjoy a perfectly normal, lovely, lovely life. Lovely, lovely. Lovely, lovely life. This idyllic scene oh God. all comes crashing down in eighteen sixty one. The horse gangs. The, the horse has have rebelled, finally. <laughs> no, we have the start of the American Civil War. Oh, that's much worse. Oh, that's much worse. So there were that, horses in that, but were, I don't think they were many controlling horses. it. I don't think they were in charge no. at the time. Not at the beginning, anyway. Well, you know, debatable. <laughs> so 1861, American Civil War starts. Missouri has voted against succeeding from the Union. But the state quickly finds itself sort of split, split apart, really. Okay. Um, the majority of the state's settlers are from the South. So have very Confederacy leanings. Yeah. Um, all that. But the state's economy is entirely reliant on the North. So the people with the businesses and the money, they are looking to, to the North for their advancement. The everyday people are looking to the South. The, the, the state really is split in, in two. And actually, two governments are formed within Missouri. One with looking to the south and one looking to the to the north, both vying for power. So you've almost got a civil war within a civil <laughs> war. <laughs> the James family over there, they are thoroughly southern. They are entirely southern. And Frank, who has just turned 18 now, joins up with the Missouri State Guard. They fight for the Confederacy. And we know that Frank fought in the Battle of Lexington, which was a huge Confederate mm. victory. And Frank was there in, in the thick of it. Now, I'm not going to go into the James's brother's activities during the the civil war there were there were a lot of things there's there's a huge amount of detail on on what they did and they were both jesse got involved as well when he got a bit older there were questionable tactics used by both sides Uh so yeah we're gonna leave that to them and we'll move to the end of the war let's get to the outlawing exactly the history of the war (laughs) history of the war and the terrible things that happened during the war is not necessarily for us (laughs) (laughs) we know they happened both sides did terrible things so so we're gonna move on we're gonna meet jesse again at the age of 17 now we're coming to right to the very very end of the, of the war 
Jesse's actually shot while trying to surrender. His unit has run into a Union cavalry patrol near Lexington. He mm. is trying to surrender, but he is shot through in the chest. He survives, obviously. Didn't um, surrender well. He, yes, his flag was not big enough. And he is sent to recuperate at a boarding house that his uncle owns. While he is there, he is tended to by his cousin, Zerelda Mims. Now, cousin Zerelda had been named after Jesse's mother. So right. Jesse's mother and Zerelda's father are brother and sister. So right. they're first cousins. Right. This doesn't stop the pair forming quite an intimate relationship. Oh. And they actually begin a nine-year courtship. Oh, right. They said, okay. yeah, the nine got there and they are eventually married. When you say nine year courtship, why are you saying courtship? Well, that's how it's described. Oh, right. That's how it's described. <laughs> they walk out together. They walk out together, but, but they They're are married. Posies, yes. They are married nine years later after oh, their yeah. first sort of. Love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> After the first I love you. After nine years. And then nine years later, they're married. <laughs> I think there's generally quite a lot of, it's your cousin. Yeah, it's a bit. It's yeah, because this is the first cousin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, first cousin. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first cousin. By blood. But it is, it is overcome. And yeah, so many, many years later, they are in fact married. Jesse recovers from his wound. The war is now over. And Jesse and Frank find themselves at a bit of a loose end, really. Their units have been disbanded. Many of their friends have been killed in in combat. Jesse and Frank are at a loss about what to do next, really. Mm. Even with the Union victorious in the end, the atmosphere is still incredibly volatile. Yeah. Um, And there are still widespread sort of skirmishes between gangs of southern supporters and northern supporters unwilling to accept the compromises that have been made and things. There's still a lot of... A lot of resentment, a lot of ill feeling around. And they get mixed up in a lot of that as well. Yeah. Well, they would have lost, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, 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 so they, sort of feeling lost. like, well, we don't belong in this world in this day yeah, and age. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it is reported that, so yes, the, the family had owned slaves on their farm. Their slaves were set free. But it's, it's reported that they were actually very... as they were, uh, they were very good, apparently. And the slaves didn't want to leave. Not that they had anyone else to go. They stayed there... So they were still very unhappy with how things had turned out. Yeah. The Jesse family were still yeah, not at all happy with any of it. I, I guess there are blurred lines in there. And, and I say blurred lines not at all about whether slavery is right or wrong. <laughs> 100% it's wrong. But you have families probably who weren't utter bastards. Exactly. All yes. the time. And this is someone's home. And it's then, are we turning you out? Mm. If you stay, though, are we going to get in trouble? And also a lot of people who are, you know, who fought for the South and kind of going, it's a world that I don't belong in world anymore. I, yeah, exactly. This, this world is not for me. But Jesse, he still wants to carry on the fight. He's still looking at a way to, to carry on. Angry young trying man. To, he's an angry young man, exactly what it is. He and his brothers join forces with other ex-Confederate fighters. Oh, and Jesse. they form they form a gang. You've got a chap who's called Archie Clement, who had been one of Jesse's commanders during the war. Mm-hmm. And then you have the younger brothers, four of them, Cole, John, Jim and Bob younger. And <laughs> <Okay>. they, <laughs> they're in there as well. And they decide, right, now, OK, we're, we're going to do something about this. We're, we're going to fight back in our <sighs> own little way. Their first target is the Clay County Savings Association Bank. Yay! In Liberty, Missouri. The bank is <laughs> right. owned by an ex-union militia officer. 
So they think, okay, this 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 enemy officer from the other side, he now has moved into banking. Right. So this is going to be our sort of symbolic revenge. We're going to rob his bank. We're going to get him back. But we've chosen this bank specifically for him. Also, oh look, big piles of cash. Yeah. <laughs> how convenient! You, how, you how, fit the crime to the narrative, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going. This is why we've chosen this bank yeah. because it's because it's owned by an ex-union. By Union soldiers. Also, oh look, they've got the most money. Yeah. Oh, we could just beat him up, and we could just go. No, 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 no. no we need to go and take his cash because that will really hurt his feelings. Uh, exactly. So the robbery occurs on the thirteenth of February, eighteen sixty-six. It is noted as being the first peacetime daylight robbery <gasps> in the United States. Ooh, I like <laughs> so, it. Which is yes, in peacetime, first peacetime robbery. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. During the war, what the fuck you like? Oh, everyone did everything. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. robs everything. Looting. The gang make off with over. then in cash and bonds. Huge amounts of money. Holy shit. A lot and lots of money. As they make their escape, gunfire erupts. The the town sheriffs have been been alerted. They've arrived at the bank. They're firing. The gang are firing back in the crossfire. An innocent 17-year-old boy, George Wymore, is killed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but it doesn't go down too well. Oh, on December the 17th, 1869, gang holds up the Davis Country Savings Bank in Gallatin in Missouri. They've got, uh, a, they've got a hankering for banks. Another union bank? Uh, another union bank, indeed. The bank teller here, a chap called John Sheets. Now, he apparently is a former union officer who was said to be involved in the death of Bloody Bill Anderson. Oh. Now, he was a Confederate guerrilla leader. Jesse James served under him at some points during the war. Oh, and okay. right at the end of the war, he, he, had, he had been killed by Union soldiers. And this chap, who was now a bank teller, was apparently the one who shot him. Oh, I end. like that. Now, yeah, Bloody so Bill fair. has a huge... There's a, you do a, we yeah, probably do a, a story just on him. Because yeah, yeah. um, he's a very notorious, very vicious, but very effective guerrilla leader. But Jesse hates this chap. This chap who's killed his old commander, he's out for revenge against this man he shoots the man through the back of the head no which way about it out comes the pistol bang he's dead another clerk in the building a william mcdowell he runs for the door he too is shot but he survives he survives his wounds and he is able to identify the james's brothers to the authorities Uh it's definitely this man as the gang make their escape they are forced to to fight their way out through a gathering mob so the gunfire in the bank has sort of aroused local suspicion and a mob is forming outside and the gang are forced to fight their way out to get away, which which they do. Not an is... effective mob, is it? <laughs> we say mob, but more of a crowd. More of a crowd. More of like three people going, oh, what's going on over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, eating some crisps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like fun. Yeah. Yeah. So the gang have to fight their way out. Oh, yeah, um, fight our way out. This push an old man push, over. Yeah, and like, yeah, scare a horse and then it's like, fine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Don't done. scare a horse. They're vicious. They will attack you. But it is this robbery, this is the death of John Sheets that sort of catapults Jesse James into the public eye. This is where he becomes a, yeah, a newspaper-worthy figure. The papers run the story about how Jesse is he's taking revenge for his old army captain. It's all really well spun. Um, right. These sort of southern papers are going. Yes, this is a, this is a man who's fight, still fighting for what he believes in, yeah. and all this sort of thing. He's yeah. taken. Yeah, his old yes. commander was killed, and he's out there still fighting back, and all this sort of stuff. Let's make him a folk hero. Yes, exactly. for the south. Who exactly. Don't like the fact that they lost. 
Then this growing public interest forces the Missouri governor, a chap called Thomas Crittenden, to announce a reward for his capture, $3,000, dead or alive, for, the, for this man to be brought in. The gang continue their spree, robbing banks, they rob stagecoaches, they even rob a fair in Kansas City. Right out in broad daylight, they rob this fair. Nice. Apparently sort of hamming it up for the crowd as well how? <laughs> how well i think just being very flamboyant and very they're not, the air. exactly they're not at all trying to hide it sub and dance routines <laughs> so they're there holding up the, like the ticket booth of this fair type <laughs> thing but take the money run in and do the you know prettiest pig competition really <laughs> obvious what they're doing and people are going oh, it's just jane it's just jane oh, oh just my jane. god she's so oh my god we love you we love you my picture take a selfie <laughs> And all this sort of stuff. So it's so, be quite compelling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. So the bystanders are there. They're not going, call the authorities. They're going, oh my God, it's him. It's him. How exciting. In 1873, things are getting more difficult in banks. Banks are realising that they're <laughs> getting robbed. Um, they just realised. <laughs> so there was a board meeting with a lot of shuffling of papers. They went, right, people are robbing us yeah. all the time. What do we do? We have to do something? Oh, shit. Okay. So it seems that technology is starting to evolve. And th- things like time lock vaults yes. and stuff start coming in so it makes actually makes bank robbery quite a bit more difficult yeah you'd at this safe point one you in to get the seven into the, the 1870s so they think, okay that's not as quite as easy as it used to be so now they're moving on to trains we love a train robbery train oh robbery. we do we love a train Great, robbery Great old train robbery Woo-hoo. so in 1873 the 21st of july they moved to their first Yep, train robbery. They derail a locomotive just west of a town of Adair in Iowa. They completely derail the train. It comes off. They rob approximately $3,000 from the passengers and the baggage car, which is equivalent to about $73,000, $75,000 today or so. So they a lot of money on that train. There's a lot of money in trains. A lot of money in trains. I don't Absolutely. blame them. Yeah. So they, but then in later robberies on trains they seem to limit themselves to the the baggage cars on trains they don't necessarily go after the passengers anymore they just go after the baggage oh, fair enough. cars which fun this sort of change in tact gives even more rise to their sort of folk hero status so there's a particular journalist a chap called john newman edwards who makes short highlight this in all everything he writes and he's able to create this sort of like robin hood sort of narrative <laughs> around around the gang. Well, so they're, yeah. they're not stealing from people anymore. They're stealing from faceless corporations. Ah, oh, the corporations. Um, so, so the banks and the train companies and all mm. that. They're not robbing passengers or people. Yeah. They're robbing nameless things, which really elevates them in the eyes of the people who are being held down by the man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so people are going, oh, yeah, it's my, there's no evidence they ever gave any of their money away. To the no, poor God, or anything. No. The big businesses need to be robbed. They never hurt us <laughs> apart from the people who caught in the crossfire. Yeah, exactly. But they, they have gone from outlaws into, into absolute folk heroes Yeah. Um, by this point. In 1874, Jesse James, he marries Zelda Mims. Yay. So we're now nine years later after they've met her, so they're now married. <laughs> Took them long enough. Yeah. The wedding ceremony is performed by Jesse's uncle. Minister William James. Obviously, the family have come round to the idea. Right. <laughs> so just looking, going, we don't like we're just, this just at like, all. Let's, let's get on with it. Let's just do it. The ceremony is held in Kansas City. A few months later, Frank marries Annie Ralston as well. So the, both brothers are now married. Lovely. And they do try and settle down for a while. They're, okay, no, we're married. We're going to have families. It's going to be good. We're going to go back to normal farming ways. Everything will be <laughs> lovely. During this sort of like slight downtime, the gang is blamed for 
anything and everything that ever goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the slightest, I lost my ring. Oh, the Jesse James. Oh, the Jesse James. Nicked yeah. it. Yeah, but then that's people just trying to, you know, make themselves sound fancy. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. I was robbed at gunpoint in in my underwear. Yes, by the Jesse James gang. Oh, well, they did this. No, yeah. they didn't. No, they, they really didn't. didn't. They really, really didn't. But anything that happened in the West, it was their fault. Ooh. Now Zerelda, who's back on the farm, the, the mother, she's the mother. still back on the farm. She begins a bit of a public relations campaign. She is very much upping this sort of like Robin Hood narrative. Oh, I like so it. She, so okay. she's there still going, no, you're not going to say these horrible things about my boys. Yeah. And she's doing her own PR campaign. Nice. Uh, <laughs> sort of the other way, sort of upping upping their status as these <laughs> folklore heroes, stealing from the rich and maybe sometimes giving to the poor, probably not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're poor. They're they poor. had to oh, rob exactly. someone. Yeah, they're yeah. giving to themselves. They're very poor. Exactly. I need a break. I'm talking so much. <gasps> Is it time for a drink? Talking. It's time for a drink. It's time for a drink. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Zerelda has her PR campaign out for her boys. Absolutely. We're going to move on now to a part of the story we have actually covered before. <gasps> but listen back to our Pinkertons episode. The Pinkertons? There's an, we did an episode on the Pinkertons. So we covered this bit in that. Yes. So we're going to recap slightly. Okay. What happened with the Pinkertons? What happened with the Pinkertons? 1875, Alan Pinkerton. He's been on the trail of the gang for about four years now through various contracts he's been given mm. by banks and train companies and he has become increasingly infuriated by the agency's failure to even see a gang member let alone <laughs> arrest one bring any to justice they have been completely elusive complete myths they're like Bigfoot. yeah and he is that right no fucking get him whatever happens you <laughs> fucking get him in January of 1875, there's a Pinkerton agent called Jack Ladd. He is posing as a field yes. hand, working on the farm across the road from the James's farm, where Zerelda still lives, oh. thinking at some point they're going to come back and see their old mum. Yeah. And once they do, we've got them. It's going to be grand. <laughs> He's been working that farm for He's five been years. That farm for five years. He's an expert. <laughs> He's got beautiful carrots. Yeah. And he's just, he's loath to leave his petunias. He really is. He really is. One day, he sees who he thinks are the James's brother arrive at just the farm. Just anyone, probably. Yeah, who knows who they were? He, yeah. he's, he's convinced he's seen them at the farmhouse. Aye. And he, he alerts his colleagues. The next day, there are six Pinkerton agents surrounding the farmhouse. Trying to capture... The Jesse brothers, they toss an incendiary bomb into the <gasps> farmhouse to try and force out the occupants. That's a bit harsh. Which is slightly harsh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, there are some reports that say it's actually a smoke bomb. 
Yeah. Which was designed to some of that. Other reports say no, it's actually just a fucking bomb. Jeez. <laughs> so don't know. Either way, there was a there was an explosion in yeah. the, in the house which kills Archie Samuel. Jesus. Now Archie Samuel is Jesse and Frank's Aww. younger brother, her half brother from Zerelda's third marriage. Yeah. So he's yeah he's about five years old at this point. He is killed outright by this explosion. Zerelda, who has tried to protect her son, her arm is blown off. She, <gasps> she loses an arm in this explosion. The agents quickly realise that the James's brother are nowhere near. They are not in the house at all. It's just mother and young son, oh. one of whom they've maimed, the other they have blown to pieces. Mm. So they've just completely screwed that up. Completely just, screwed yeah, up. Yeah. Absolutely. They thought they saw something. Yep. Was it two horses disguised as men? God knows what it was. It was there was certainly no other people in the house. The agents they quickly realise that the brothers are there. Then they're, they're nowhere there, and that they make a swift exit. They absolutely fucking leg it. Now obviously this news gets out. The public are outraged that this agency, these detectives, have done this horrendous thing, killed a child yeah. to try and get to these outlaws. There are many people in Missouri, and it actually it comes down to a vote in the sort of the legislature. Of the, of the state <laughs> that many many people want to pr- give amnesty to the jesse brothers yeah but almost by means of, a, of an apology yeah. to make amends for what has happened to their family it doesn't pass by like two or three votes or something if it, this sort of motion much, mo- though, exactly it? it's really not it's incredibly tight i mean you can but, see all of this sort of like being laying out because he really is now coming out as a robin hood figure yeah, he and his brother absolutely because yeah he's been taking his revenge and doing terrible things you know however now you've just got his family maimed yeah. and murdered you just killed his brother yeah and blew off his mother's arm absolutely so yeah and so, everyone's like he's not robbing from us he's yeah. just robbing from the corporations let's look after him let's absolutely. celebrate him yeah. oh I'm seeing where the folklore comes so, from yeah now. so a lot of people are, are on his side going how dare these bastards yeah do this do this to one of our own and so the public are not they're obviously not the only ones who are angry the james brothers are fucking furious about all of this you would and, think yes. and in 1875 dan askew now he's the neighbor who owned the farm where the undercover agent was stationed yeah he is found with a bullet in his brain this man <gasps> obviously knowing that he had harbored, a, harbored this person jack ladd later the same yes. month jack ladd himself was found dead <laughs> the brothers and their families, they moved around for a while. Always keeping one step ahead of the authorities. They pulled off various heists as and when they needed to nice. get a bit more money. Two days after Jesse's 29th birthday in 1876, the James gang attempt to rob the First National Bank of Northfield in Minnesota. Ooh, the First National Bank. The First National Bank. It's a big one. The robbery was to be the beginning of the end, really, of the infamous gang. When the bank cashier is ordered to open the safe, he refuses. Not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Jesse pulls his pistol, puts it to his head, asks again, open the fucking safe. The cashier again refuses to open the safe. That's a brave cashier. Jesse shoots him dead. Okay. Jesse shoots him outright, shoots him dead. This shot is heard beyond the bank. This, this This gunshot is heard... And the bank alarm starts to go off. Someone alert the bank. Yeah, someone triggers yeah. the bank alarm. Everyone now rushes to the bank outside. All the citizens who hear this alarm, they rush to the bank knowing something is oh wrong. Lord. And as soon as the gang emerge, they have got an armed posse against them. And the citizens all open fire. 
Just, wow. <laughs> they, okay. they, they've, just, wow. they've got all their weather, all their guns there. They're fuck it. We're going to take them down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, the idea that someone just sort of tipped their head around the door frame <laughs> and just a hail of bullets. Just, just a hail of bullets. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we may need a backup plan. Yeah, indeed. They just they just let rip with everything they've they've got. One um, guy not with a gun, just throwing pots and pans and chickens. Yeah. And another one just shouting a lot. <laughs> bang! 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 <laughs> <laughs> you filthy beasts <laughs> so, so t- two gang members charlie pitts and bill chadwell they're killed outright mm. cole jim and bob younger they were some of the younger brothers they are <laughs> all badly wounded but they they managed to escape Ooh. they're captured less than a week later they yeah. are they are captured and all sentenced to life terms in prison frank and jesse escape of course they do they manage to get out and they get back to missouri unharmed ah. let's try this again they say well, they're not deterred. What? They lost half their gang. Out of the four younger brothers, three of them are now <laughs> life no. in prison. Two of the other gang members are dead. We're going to try it again. But the brothers are there. Oh, we, we still we need, well, we need money. We need money. Pride. We need, to, we need to carry on with this. Absolutely. I mean, so it could be were, a stroke of genius where you go, they're not going to suspect we'll hit the same place twice. Oh, no, no sorry. I beg your pardon. They don't hit the same place twice. Oh, sorry. They're, they're, I, I was thinking they were idiots. But, you know. <laughs> no, they're but, not going for the same place again, but they need to continue... Robbing banks, carrying in a heist, they need to continue this life of crime. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, ignore what I said about the genius plan because it was (laughs) stupid. So they recruit a few new gang members and the robberies continues. And they continue for another couple of years. Oh, fair enough. They hold up a stagecoach near Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. They rob banks in Alabama. There's another train robbery in Missouri. Having a grand old time. Shortly after the gang's last train robbery in Glendale, Missouri, which is in 1881, Jesse, who has now got two children with with Z, he moves the family to St. Joseph in Missouri and they start renting a very nice house under the name Tom Howard. Okay. Not Jesse James there, he's Tom Howard. Lovely. There is now a $10,000 reward on his head. Huge amount of money. Z is desperate for Jesse to give up this life they've got a young family we just need we just need your home sort of looking after yeah. the family get an honest we job need, we don't need don't all need these riches this danger or anything. and all that we just 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 come home down. jesse says yes fine okay i'll do it one, one last, last job oh, one God. last one last job one <laughs> last job and we'll be set for life is one last job uh, one big score and i can finally retire and i'll be home with you and the kids and i'll be marvelous she must be saying okay i know movies haven't been invented <laughs> sort of there's early bits yeah. have you ever read a book yeah. have you ever read a novel yeah one, one last heist one last heist no one, one ever says heist. three last three heists. Last heists. <laughs> this will be my penultimate heist <laughs> seven last heists and then we're fine yeah and then i'm there you yeah. know what i'll carry on until about lunchtime <laughs> for the for the last one for the final robbery of his career he Eesh. has partnering up with bob and charles ford now jesse has worked with them in the past and the four brothers <gasps> oh yes right right Sorry, I'm just, okay, right. The whole time you've been telling this story, I've been trying to remember the full name of the film. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. The four brothers visit Jesse in his home in St. Joseph on the morning of the 3rd of April, 1882. <laughs> they are there to plan the robbery, plan the heist. They sit in the parlour. Jesse outlines his grand plan for the robbery, the one last big robbery yep. that will set them all for life. Absolutely. At some point... For some reason, Jesse notices that a picture on the wall is slightly crooked. 
There's a picture that his mother has done that's on the wall, and it's on the wonk. So he, it's he's on the wonk. On the, what the, the fuck was that? The pictures on the wonk. <laughs> is that an expression? Well, it is. Well, I say it. I on say the it. Wonk. on the wonk. It's wonky. It's wonky. It's on the wonk. It's on the wonk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a weird thing for him to be pointing out. But it's not completely it's just not, straight. It's just, he's just sitting there with their blueprints or it's whatever, just twitching. And there's a picture in the corner. It's a bit like. Meh. Yeah, um, yeah. He says it's on the wonk, and everyone goes, "What the, the fuck wonk. is that?" As a sentence, you man bastard, you. <laughs> the picture. Kill him. He's weird. The picture is slightly crooked. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Bloody says. hell. And he goes to straighten up this picture on the wall. <laughs> right. Okay. As his back is turned, <gasps> he hears a pistol cocking. <sighs> Bob Ford shoots Jesse just below the right ear. <sighs> Kills him instantly. Oh Jesse falls to the floor. The coward Robert falls. The coward Robert <laughs> falls. Now, the sound of this gunshot, Z runs into the room, oh. finds her husband dead on the floor. Bob has legged it. Robert has actually legged it out of the room. Charles, the brother, is left there going, the gun went off accidentally. It was entirely accidental. The gun just went off in his hand. And then Brutally goes, accidentally shot the guy in the back of the yeah, head. Then goes, bye now, and legs and it after out. his brother. <laughs> now, I, I read a couple of articles. I don't know if Charles was in on this. The brother was oh, in did, on this. Did Robert just do it? Or if Robert did it and... on his own recognizance, if it was just his thing, or if ah. the brother was, was in on it as well. I, I don't actually know that. So someone maybe had to enlighten me um, on that. Wow. So yes, Jesse James is dead. Jesse, he's 34 years old. He's done. I mean, he's done quite a lot with his life. <laughs> but he's, he's done well in he's inverted done, commas. He's, he's, he's become a legend. Yes, and he's he's thirty four. It turns out that weeks earlier, Bob Ford had been arrested for killing another man, a chap called Wood Height. Wood Height. Wood first name, Height surname. It's a very good name. Very good name. Also, was it a man? I believe it was. Was it just a pile of wood? Or it could have been a tree. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Shot a tree. He shot a tree. And he said, Well, his name is Wood Height. Yeah. The third. <laughs> so he is arrested for killing the tree. And during questioning, it is revealed that he knows the James brothers. He knows Jesse. He knows Frank. He's in tight with He's them. giving up everyone that he knows, isn't he? He strikes a deal with the state governor, Thomas yeah. Crindon. Bob will kill Jesse James oh. in exchange for a pardon for the Height murder. And also for the $10,000 reward. Of course he will. And the governor agrees. I mean... The governor says, yeah, you kill this man who we have been after for years and years and years. Yeah. I will pardon you for the murder and you'll get your reward. After his death, Jesse James is packed on ice and he's taken to Kearney where he is displayed. He's sort of propped up. Really? And people come from miles and miles and miles around to view the legend that is Jesse James. There's friends, there's admirers, okay. there's enemies. Everyone comes to see him dead. Well, so my recollection is, is that that would happen with outlaws quite regularly-ish. Mm. Ish, it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Prop up the body. Not not like Lenin. You know, it's not been <laughs> embalmed. It's going to look not great after a while. No, indeed, yeah. 
but is that more of the state or the authorities going here? Look at this, this awful I think, criminal. Yeah, I think a lot of that is part of the part of the state going right. We've we've caught him. We've killed. We've, we've, we've caught we've, him. We've got Jesse James. But then people would um, be coming to to see the legend who were on his yeah, side and absolutely. go, oh, Jesse James, have a flower and have a uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah people pay their respects. Pay their respects. Just and others curious. to throw tomatoes. <laughs> all all that sort of stuff. He is buried on the family farm in a plot very near the house that Zerelda is still still owning. She is there. She can keep an eye out, she yeah. says, for trespassers. I mean, she's, yeah, she's tall enough. Customers. She's tall enough. She's now only got one arm. <laughs> but but now she's grown seven foot to compensate. She's there fiercely protective still of her, her son. His tombstone reads, In loving memory of my beloved son, murdered by a traitor and coward whose name is not worthy to appear here. Oh, that's a good epitaph. That's a isn't good it? tombstone. Absolutely. Isn't it? <gasps> Initially, Robert Ford is charged with murdering both Woodhite and Jesse James. But true to his word, Governor comes forward and he pardons him for both crimes. Doesn't quite get the reward he's promised, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but he gets his pardon. Both Bob and Charles, they return to their hometown of Richmond. They're not popular. No. No, they're not particularly warmly welcomed. Oh, this backfired. Um, yeah, locals quite pissed off with them yeah they find the killing of uh, jesse james quite objectionable and they make life unbearable for the brothers really in richmond they they are not having them in their hometown charles ford he flees from richmond he hears that frank james is on the warpath after revenge for for his brother and he absolutely legs it and he runs from town to town to town to town to town he's on the run for about two years changing his names going around the place he finally commits suicide in 1884. Wow. For fear. Now, he has, he's not the one who pulled the trigger. No, he's, but he, he was there. He, was he there. could have stopped them. He was there. The name is... Again, do, do we know if he was in? He was complicit in the whole thing? He's forever um, known. The, but he's forever known as, as, as his as, brother's... Yeah. As his brother. As his brother's <laughs> the brother partner, of the killer, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the brother of the killer. So, yeah, he eventually kills himself through wow. either fear of being caught or guilt potentially i'm not sure but yeah he commits suicide in 1884 wouldn't it be funny well not funny it's the wrong way to say it it'd be, it'd be interesting if he was on the run for ages and no one was chasing him yeah no one was chasing him. he was like i am the brother of the man who killed just james well did you kill him no well we don't fucking care you know quite frankly like no 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 yeah i mean what's interesting is that robert ford on the other hand he makes that he looks to make the most out of his well, he may as well lean into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. He, yeah, he wants to, he really leans into it, as you say. And he takes the stage in an act oh. called Outlaws of Missouri. Come on now. Each night, night after night after night, he is on stage and he retells his story of taking down Jesse James. I mean, if you're going to do it, then why not? He, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he carefully sort of admits the fact that he shot him in the back. Or shot him from from, shot him from behind. Cowardly. Um, But each night the crowd is there, booing, heckling, chucking stuff. But they're paid. Uh, Well, I don't know if I don't know if he's if it's in a theatre or if it's in like a various inns and stuff like that or taverns he's sort of like on a little stage I don't know if he's getting paid for this I don't know I don't but, think he'd probably put himself out there for free going take a shot maybe not kids. but everyone is taking a shot everyone is everyone is jeering and heckling and shouting they haven't shot and, him though have they well no exactly no one no one has yeah. shot no one has shot him he's made himself a public figure for hate yeah he, eventually he takes himself off to Las Vegas he, he has his show <laughs> there. He goes. To, he ends up in New, goes to New Mexico. He ends up settling down in Colorado, where eventually he is shot. Yeah. He is shot down in his own saloon 
1892. That's a long time. Like, Charles was obviously convinced that Frank was after him. People were after him. Yeah. Robert was like, I'm here. His his name is on posters and lights. So we are Robert Ford, killer of Jesse James. I'm, I'm right here. So... He he's, must have had protection. Though, he, that's well, the thing. Obviously he's, not, he's obviously not that afraid of retribution. No, or because anything. there would be plenty um, of people who were not fans of Jesse James, yeah. who thought he had done a brilliant job, and he must have hired bodyguards. He must have been protected to a point, so, and played into it so much more, like hard right mm. kind of. Like I'm thinking, like like really, really hard <laughs> kind of right leading. I go, oh well, I'm untouchable, uh, and then you're like, oh, actually, yeah, no, maybe people believed him. Yeah, Ugh. until he washed up in his own saloon. Yeah. So until someone, someone had setting. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, during their 15-year crime spree, the James gang committed 26 hold-ups. Hmm? Bank, mixture of bank robberies, stagecoach robberies, train robberies, and they made off with more than $200,000. $200,000, 1800s. Yeah. Millions upon millions. millions today. They also killed at least 17 men. Yeah. Yeah, Between killed a them. lot of people. Who killed had a lot of people. Probably families, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Frank James eventually grew tired of his life on the run and his life in hiding. On the 4th of October, 1882, he marches into the governor's office in Missouri, takes off his gun belt and throws it on the desk, <laughs> saying, Governor Crittenden, I want to hand over to you that which no living man except myself has been permitted to touch since 1861. What? <laughs> Sorry. His guns. Right, right. The governor's like, it's what? probably halfway through. And just Who went, Who's not been able to touch what? What yeah. have they not been able to touch? Guns. No, guns. we all have guns. Yeah. What? You're si- Who are you, yeah, who by are- the way? Start with that, mate. Start with that. <laughs> I'm, J- I'm Frank James. Who's that? That's a very common name. right? You know who Jesse James is? Who? Oh, God, get someone else in here who knows what the fuck has been going on. <laughs> Right, I'll put them back on. I'll come yeah, back in again. Come I'll come back, back, in, back yeah. in again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> Assembled a bunch of people who are like, what's going on? <laughs> Frank is arrested. Right, for, okay. For his, for his the time wasting. Eventually someone knows, oh yes, you're, you're Frank James. Oh, you're, you're a naughty man. So they, they arrest him. I like how camp that person who was who was arresting him. You're naughty, you're naughty boy. Naughty, you, you're, you're a naughty boy. I'll put you in shackles, I will. <laughs> he is acquitted on all counts. <laughs> right. Out of trial. Okay. He is acquitted and he returns home to the James's farm. How is he acquitted? Sorry. Well, He's public killed sim- many people. Public sympathy, people think. A lot of it is, um... is the people are still still rooting for the James brothers. This Especially as his, his, his brother has been killed in such a horrendous cowardly way but they were bankrupt they were, they were robbers. robbers they were bankrupt they, robbers. Killed, they killed people, people. they were outlaws they, they took people's life savings they were outlaws yeah but people, pe- but people loved them for it people whose life savings were taken away blaming the corporations going no yeah. the james brothers got them they'll deliver it and then going 20 years later any day any now. day now. any day now <laughs> they probably let frank off because they were like no he has all our fucking money we're really hoping he'll call by. Yeah. So, Frank, yeah, Frank is acquitted on all counts. Wow. So, yeah, he returns home. He now, he works as a horse trader. And a horse tra- a trader and trainer on, on the family farm. Mm. Jesse's mother, Zerelda, she allows tourists to view her son's grave. 25 cents a view. Good girl. And Good she, girl. And she gives t- paid tours of the farm. 
as Love well. It. Like where the bomb came in, where she was when her arm got blew Definitely she, do people that. People are paying to see this stuff. Dark tourism. Dark tourism. People, yeah, exactly. People it's her son. Thing. She can do what the bloody hell she Absolutely likes. Absolutely she can. Absolutely <laughs> she can. Now, Jess's wife, Z, she goes into a deep depression after her husband yeah. is, is killed. And she sees her husband killed. And she dies in 1900. And she's buried next next to her husband. Aye. Zerelda dies at the age of 86 in 1911 she's had a good old innings that woman and she is still there at the end defending her family farm um with the biggest grave in the whole <laughs> of the world that's followed a few years later in 1915 by frank the last of the james brothers wow there we go that's the story of the james brothers jesse and frank fantastic outlaws absolutely brilliant yeah Oh, a good old tale from the Wild West <laughs> and the James Brothers. Knew That's nothing great. about the James Brothers. Honestly, I didn't. I d- didn't think I was lying there. So I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, Gav, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't promise. I didn't. Great story. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot to think about there at the end. Mm. I suppose it's all the, <laughs> like which morally, which side do you land on? You don't have to land on yeah, any side. They got away with a lot of shit. Well, they did, and I, I guess it's that Robin lot. Hood thing. Oh, yeah, they're just robbing the corporations. Maybe they thought that was the right thing to do, but they still did kill people. They still kill people, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, they, oh, well, they killed people who were working for the man. Um, mm, mm, that's still murder. Killed people who work for the banks and stuff like that, just a bank teller and a bank clerk and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they're, they're not the man. Yeah, <laughs> so, they're not the man. They're not so. the man. <laughs> Yeah, they're not robbing and killing innocent people in their homes. And obviously people kind of want to go, yeah, let's celebrate them. And but a, lot, the older... a lot of it was from the backlash from the whole Pinkerton thing. Thinking this is this is how authorities behave. That I can understand. This it is, only yeah. takes one thing. Absolutely. It only takes one so thing. This, this is how the man behaves. This is how the government behaves. This is how the authorities Absolutely. behave in this atrocious way. Yeah. Therefore, why the hell shouldn't we stick up for these these people who are, who are from here, who have worked hard, who have defended this mm. state and what have you. But how easy it is to change the narrative mm. on that. Ooh, yes. What side do you land on there of Jesse James and, and his brother? They were they were criminals. You, you can't, mm. you, yeah, I mean, they killed people. Yeah. So there's, there's no excusing that. And it wasn't in self-defense and it wasn't in, at, at these points, it was not in a time of conflict or anything like that. They just know, I want your stuff. Give me your stuff. <laughs> I'm going to blow your brains out if you don't give it to me. Yeah. I've decided who which side we yeah. land on. So that no. I, I understand why some people are sympathetic, but still no. Mm. Just no. How much of the sympathy, I suppose, is this is this a thread not to tug on, or maybe it's too big a question, but the fact that they were they were on the side of the South. Oh, I think a huge amount of it was from because they were they were they were local heroes. They they had fought yeah. for they had fought for their what they believed in and they would fought for their state. Absolutely, they were they were they were local heroes who could do no wrong potentially yeah apart from maybe supporting from abolishing God. slavery maybe no, no, no. you know what, what you know what their, their stance on that we don't know well what do you think people what do you think and know of the story of jesse james and his brothers about the james brothers what do you think of this story what do you know about them what side do you land on do you think they are folk heroes have you read things about them being 
folk heroes and absolutely celebrated? Do you know people who still celebrate them? Or do you land on the other side? Maybe it's not black and white completely. Do you land in the grey area? Tell us what you think. Jump on the comments of this episode. Tell us your thoughts, your theories. Share more stories about them and more legends and more tales that maybe your ancestors or members of your family would have spoken about because our listeners definitely in America will have some story somewhere where <laughs> someone owned a belt buckle that was owned <laughs> by Jesse James because we all do but most importantly well sort of maybe 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 ish when you're musing this if you have the ingredients you might want to mix up a paycheck yeah if you've got the stuff give it a go if you haven't don't go and buy it especially no I would say this is not the one we've both finished ours aye so not as quickly as I thought we would no but so literally on the last sip of this last few seconds it it wasn't particularly inspiring no but we'd like to know what you think if you have the ingredients and you've got some spare you don't mind give it a go mix it up and tell us what you think is it buttery is it yeah it's really not does it have a buttery biscuit base (laughs) (laughs) it's it's I'm, i'm selling it too well because butter in anything i would drink mix one up if you don't mix it up please tag us in any photos of cocktails you are enjoying this weekend whether they are at home or in bars or send us more suggestions of cocktails recipes that we can be mixing up and also now we are into october what can we be doing for spooky season we tend to go a little bit spookier this month we always cover crime but can we cover more spooky related crime we would love your suggestions of a big episode that we can do in time with Halloween, but also other little things that we can do on Patreon to absolutely embrace spooky season. If you haven't already, consider joining us on Patreon and please leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes if you think we're worth it, which we definitely are. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.